I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. With Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. A, a, a grain of rice. A, a, a grain of rice. Want to tip the scale. Just remember that, lad. There's a small bit of a needle there. Come on, Mayo, you've got to get Andy Moran into the game. Permission was the show. Then we're no longer whipping by the monster. Renault, official car partner of the GAA, taking the passion of a nation to a whole new gear. They are also the title sponsor of the Renault GAA World Games in 2019 which you can find happening in Waterford from the 28th of July to August the 1st and the finals in Crow Park on August the 2nd. 1,300 players from 10 regions around the globe coming home to play on Irish soil, so you have no excuse not to make it down. You can find out more about that at reno.ie slash JA, where you'll also get access to some special offers exclusive to JA members, so check it out now. Uh, hi folks, uh, welcome along. Uh, we're here uh, in the Examiner studio here for our podcast, uh, Renault-sponsored uh, Championship Hurling Podcast uh, 2019. Uh, there's a bit of a glow in the room here uh, with myself and Ger as normal. Uh, Mr. Ken Hogan is glowing opposite of me and to my right, Mr. Brian Hogan is glowing. And I'll tell you, I'd say hats off to sports editor Tony Lean for uh, picking uh, who's going to be in the final when he asked the two boys in. I presume he didn't do it after the match last night, lads. <laughs> it's some stroke at the same time. There's no one from Limerick or Wexford here. <laughs> well, look, um, sure, I suppose that's a good, as good a place to start as any. Like, um, I suppose, lads, if someone told us maybe at the end of the National League that we'd have a Tipperary Kilkenny final, would you have believed them, even the tipping Kilkenny man? Um, God... Would I believe him? Probably tip. You would have. You would have said, yeah, yeah. They're going to be, you know, uh, they're the best. Kilkenny. Um, we were progressing. I suppose the only thing was we had a lot of injuries earlier on the year, you know, and and uh, Owen Brain, as I do, you know, he wouldn't have been too worried about things like that. You know, he just gets on with it. He works with who he has, and he doesn't allow that kind of that talk seep into the players because it's an excuse. Otherwise, you know, lads can use it as an excuse. But I suppose the only thing is, like, you could see lads, you could see the team starting to take shape and develop and, uh, and improve. And the Cork match, I think, before we were down, was the, we were saying it, was a great, um, I suppose, a great fixture for, for Kilkenny because they needed another hard match. You know, having lost to Wexford, they needed to bounce back, get another big match under their belt because they were learning all the time, you know, and, uh, and they did that, you know. And it was a completely different type of match to what they faced on Saturday. You know, and we, and we said that because the way the style of Cork play, but they're a team in, you know, I'm not going to say, I say development with asterisks, you know, because I know brain, brain doesn't buy into that kind of, you know, you're developing. But, uh, but yeah, look, it's, they are, they're in there, they're in the final now, you know, probably, you know, I, I, I said at the beginning, look, if we got to a semi-final, you know, in terms of development, that's where, you, you know, we wanted to, that would be progress. You On know? top of last year's league. like Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like, again, like last year in the league, no one, no one had predicted Kenny would win the league last year. Um, but you know the lads did. They found themselves in that position. You know, the way Wexford got into the league final and you know uh, and, and won it, and that was huge because there was a lot of pressure on a lot of those younger guy, younger players. You know, there was a lot of talk about you know again transition and you know players who were gone and these guys are trying to make a name for themselves and trying to settle in. So getting a medal in their back pocket, national league medal, was huge. You know, gives them belief, gives them a sense of actually I belong here. And we'll go, we'll go into it, Brian. Yeah, we have to. We look at the performance uh, and a number of aspects of it. Ken, would you have seen Tip before now the championship started? I would say at the end of the league, you know, we saw Limerick destroying Waterford basically. You know, would you have seen Tip as being all Ireland finalist at that stage? Uh, I suppose the Dublin game in the quarter final of the league was a bad, bad day, you know, in Turles. And there was a lot of things going wrong in Turles that day. The pitch was absolutely woeful. 
they had to close it, you know, the hello turf as we call it, for essentially 10 weeks, uh, which was so much damage. Dublin just overran us. Um, a lot of the players that performed yesterday were, were there. Um, Brian mentioned the league final last year. That put doubts into Tip's minds in a big way down in Nolan Park because of the fact that the manner of defeat, not just the defeat, but the manner of defeat, the way Kilkenny overwhelmed in the second half, I think that put the entire year last year because then we had a nightmare, you know, round robin in Munster. And uh, Liam obviously took on the reins. Uh, initially, he was brought in to maybe advise on who the new manager would be. But uh, I think, as you know yourself, Dale, the passion overtakes everything. And uh, he just decided, here I go, I'm going for this. And I think the strength of Liam is that he brought in a big management team with him, yeah. you know, to persuade. I was down in Galway for a few days with Joan there at, uh, last week. Traffic in Galway is woeful, as you well know, Dale. And uh, I said, how does he come out and knock Nakara there, get across the city, Eamon O'Shea yeah, I'm talking about, yes. uh, to, go, to go to Turles. And that was a big persuasion factor from Sheedy. And that's what he does. That's his strength, to bring Tommy Dunn, Dara Egan, all smart boys in around him. And now ultimately Owen Kelly, of course, you know, working with Jason Ford and the lads. So from that perspective, I suppose, the year turned for us. The strength of the management team, it looked good. Huge respect from the players, huge trust. And all the players have bought into that. Yeah, and even even on that, like uh, Cabra Carlan from 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 Belfast, doing the strength and conditioning, Cabra was with the Limerick underage, and he went off to Arsenal, you know, and he was with the Arsenal underage academy, and then the Arsenal ladies, which is a very serious operation. But he was homesick, and Liam got wind of that, <laughs> and he's a top bloke, like you know, very top well, bloke, yeah. and the lads absolutely love him. And Tip, you know, at the end yesterday with fourteen men, you know, no more than Kilkenny on 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 Saturday night, you know, the fitness levels of the of the team and the. The, you know the effort they put in, the effort Kilkenny put in to the hits in the first half, and yet to be flying it. You know TJ Reid, thirty-one years of age, all having played in an All Ireland club final by the way on the seventeenth of March as well. So you can see the fitness levels of both teams are very high, and there's nothing left, nothing left to chance. No, and probably we we associate maybe both teams with starting a little bit later than others traditionally you know that we all had to get a jump start well not, not so much cocktail but Clare Water Limerick that we had to get a kick start and get ahead like and that was nearly planted in the back of our heads but just on that you're like Brian Cody will we ever see the likes of it again like I mean we could talk about Hoagie's team and, and we could say you know, and I probably said a team a couple of times in the line my mother had managed that team Brian <laughs> but, but like you know this transition now like and back in the final again like and I think Jackie said it on that it was probably his finest victory he thought you know of all the semi-final wins that this was possibly the greatest this was huge like and I suppose you look at it like the, the, the record a man has uh, has been incredible and you know early on in the year there was a bit of talk in, around the place like that, you know, in relation to Cody, if, even at the semi-final against, or quarter-final against Cork. A few guys from Kilkenny who were maybe a bit critical over, you know, some of the players he was picking and Richie Hogan wasn't getting in and all that, but, you know, I suppose it's just incredible. He's, he's, he's getting a team ready for his 17th All-Ireland final. <laughs> he's lost two semi-finals. I just, it's just phenomenal. It's just incredible, like, you know, and, and you know, he's, he's, he has evolved over, over the years. You know, he still goes out, you know, the same principle, hard work. You know, beats everything really. Like you know what I mean. They say he doesn't do tactics, but I think he got whatever tactics he was doing. He got him spot on on uh, on Saturday night against Limerick, and uh, just just an incredible, incredible record to be able to say that I'm going to my 17th final. You know. Yeah. And Hoagie, like straight up, like does he do tactics? Like I mean, because you kind of generally deny it, like you know. <laughs> uh, but like then we were, we're watching the likes of the Sunday game last night, and we'll talk a bit about that in a minute now. But uh, <laughs> like the the lads certainly feel uh, they were strong enough on it anyway last night that they certainly do do taxi, tactics. Uh, look, it's blowing out of all proportion. Like gen and genuinely, they like look. We would come on. You can say it now. You can say it now. I tell you. The, the, the tactics and I've done a few things with Murta recently as well you know in, in terms of what we would have honed in on in terms of video analysis etc were fairly simple and actually I was talking to a, a an inter-county uh, manager who managed to get a, a dossier on an opposition team from a, another county team if you get that if that makes sense and he said it was a 10 page document and he looked at it and he said like if I present this to the players they'll be bamboozled he just tore open he said I took three things out of it and presented it to the team and he said that's all. It's just players can only, you know, absorb so much information. After that, then you have to trust them. And really, like, 
I suppose the one tactic that Kenny did implement the other day, which is what we would have done back in our day, is getting yourself set from puck, opposition puckouts. Yeah. You know, um, and would you sit? Would you sit on that? Would you say let them go to the cornerbacks? Yeah. Yeah, right. I mean, then, we would have... And then the corner forward does not let the corner back past him. Absolutely. I mean, Nicky Quaid is going to drive the ball. Well, the way the, the, the ball is travelling nowadays, they're landing him on the far 21. But, you know, if he wants to hit it, and we would have targeted certain teams over the years, you know, Tip um, as well, and, and certain individuals. You know, I remember one year where they were looking for Shane McGrath, they were looking for Brendan Marrow. We saw that in the semi-final and, and the Munster final. There's, there's, yeah, there's certain individual players who are the go-to guys. And we said, right... Okay, we close that out. We let him hit it to whoever the the guy in the full back line was. Realistically, they're going to they're going to have a guy coming in on him. They're going to hit it what 50, 60 yards, and it's going to be up in the air. So where's it going to land? Under Down on top of us. Under pressure. Under pressure. And, and you, the bit, so that is probably the only tactic outside of relentless pressure. What you do is yeah, Grand Limerick love building from the back, playing the ball out as do a number of teams. But can they do it when there's three lads in their faces and they're getting hit? And all of a sudden, rather than taking the right decision with a the ball, they're making decisions that they don't ordinarily make, and things start to break down. And what do they do? And they start doubting themselves. You know, lads make make decisions under huge pressure, split second. Do they make the right decision? More often than not, well, they have a better chance of making it if they're used to it. But if it's the first time they come across that in a year, yeah, then all of a sudden, and that's it. Uh, that is the height of it. And you know, lads that. Make, uh, try to make a science out of it and try to make um, you know, a program out of it it's, it's nothing more than that I'm, and that is you know, Brian will hone in on what he does really well is he'll make guys feel like they're, they're, if, they're, if they're six foot tall they'll walk out on the pitch feeling like they're seven foot tall and they'll, they, they'll fully believe you know, that they can take over the pitch you know, and then you just you, you, they believe in each other so you know like, again you'll see the hurls up it's very basic it's not you know, maybe you know, to Wexford might go into, and for obvious reasons, you know, to county teams, you know, they're coming from different places. But no, they don't. They don't you know, lads love to think that Brian has. Time. I mean, the, the open, the trains were open train sessions for years there. They only became, it became closed after the, I think, two thousand and ten, and the whole whole of it went bad. when things went bananas. Yeah. But after up to that, everyone was free to come in and watch the trains. Would he have targeted Brian? The the Limerick half forward line was is a huge fulcrum of their team. And obviously with the, with the three half backs, but like you two huge yeah. men, need two huge men at ten and twelve, you yeah. know, and they they played very deep. Walter well, Walsh went back, yeah. John Donnelly went back, and you had you went you had extra bodies there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the extent of tactics when I was there outside your say your puckouts was, you know, do you stick or, sh- or twist in terms of the backs? Do you, do, do you go man for man or do you play zonal? Mm-hmm. We would have always played zonal in terms of holder position. Yeah, grand. If if Jamie Callan is in the full forward line, well then JJ's going to pick him up. You know, for example, but if he goes out, we're not going to change our team around. So like that, and I said it on local radio on the Friday night. I think the win and losing out it was going to be how we managed their half hour line because they play a very similar style yeah. to us in terms of their half hour line. Do come back yeah. looking for the ball, hungry for the ball, and uh, but they try to work it out. So are we're allowed to were Paddy Deegan, Parry Walsh, Connor? Were they going to follow him up the field? You know, Grant follow him up, and Hegarty doesn't score three points, but there's an acre space in front of Galan or do you hold? And what they did was they held and they trusted the guys out the field, you know, right? I know you're going to be outnumbered, lads, but you're going to work like, you know, dogs, which you did, and they're going to hit everything that moves and make it a war zone out there so that when the ball is delivered in, we're in our positions, we know us, you know, and that's, it's, do you, do you follow them up the field and yeah. play your individual game or do you trust in your teammates and say, oh, right, well, I'm going to take the chance if he picks up a point or two from distance, fair play to him. Yeah, what it requires, I suppose, for me would be, an absolutely ferocious level of work from ferocious. the forwards. From the forwards. Yeah. Because oh, we, 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 backs we associate with doing yeah, that sort yeah, of dogging yeah, and, yeah. but the forwards like, Somebody said over the weekend they had the best defensive performance of the weekend ever was Kilkenny forwards. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a great way of putting it. You know yeah, what I mean? The, the, way, the, way they, the way they worked and harried and the work was incredible. John Donnelly was in front of me. I was right in front of him in the first half and like John Donnelly is like, I've seen him play a minor in 21 and he's a beautiful, you know, traditional hurler beautiful pair of hands on him you know he's one of these guys he can catch the ball left or right lovely striker of the ball you know could he could he cover the ground and, and bring you know huge he's a strong man but you know does he, will he throw himself well jeez he put in 35 he put in the first half he put in that shift he put in was absolutely incredible I think Dan Marcy didn't know what was happening yeah. um, he was up he was down he was taking sharp balls off Paddy Deegan he was he was up in their face he was up supporting uh, Fenley you know in the, foot, in the foot forward line like he was coming in at half time in front of me and he looked absolutely gassed 
he was, you know, he had, you know, he came back out, he put another 15 minutes in, and then Brian took him off, brought in fresh legs. Well, you know, I presume that's the instruction go and empty the tank and we've guys to come in like yeah, you know yeah, and, yeah, he, and yeah. he did use it we can we a bit disappointed with Limerick I mean one eight to three points at one stage I, what I, could, I was just saying it to Brian outside before we came in I couldn't believe that they maybe didn't expect this level of ferocious intensity or is it just that he says to me like that they hadn't met it all year really yeah I think it's the human factor uh, has to come into play. You even look at the TV ads there, you know, you see Keane Lynch coming down, walking down. She's on every night in the TV there. Limerick winning in 73 and then, you know, or, and, and then coming back to a situation where uh, Keane Lynch is walking down as a youngster and winning the cup. And, you know, Limerick were on a total high, their supporters, the expectation base. And then, of course, the manner in which the dismantled tip in the Munster final set everybody, uh, you know, everybody was just running away with themselves. And I think it just it just gets into the heads. It gets into the heads, and sometimes as a management, then you're aware of that. And John Kiley, a very shrewd man, and you know, and a, a fantastic ambassador as well for the GA. But I'd say John probably said to himself, "I've got." He's probably he was probably forewarning too much in a way. He said, "Lads, lads, you're going to get caught. You're going to get caught. You better be ready." And like the reports are, that Limerick worked very hard before um, that semi final. Really, were on the you know, but the situation as Brian has mentioned straight away like you could see Declan Hannan was hit hard Willow Dunham with his first ball and he had a massive monster championship first ball hit hard and fair strong body tackle that Connor Brown fella and I believe he's going to Minute um, College as well which I have been involved with I mean Angela's son holy god like yeah. uh, I think Eddie said mentioned that he didn't hit too many balls but he hit everything else you know <laughs> and that was a great sign for Kilkenny that middle third they just dominated they took over and of course then it's it, it pays off in the sense that with the Limerick situation Aaron Gillan normally so lethal in front and he won some great ball turned wide simple uh, scores that you would normally ex- uh, expect him to, Tom to, to convert Tom Morrissey and of course Graham McCahey who had a good game great Graham game. actually came out but Graham hit one over the shoulder as well wide so from that perspective you know uh, Shane Dowling coming on maybe a bit too late and then that free that chain could have went over and converted, which was which is his strong point as well. So for that, there were so many matchups and there were so many things that could have happened in both semi-finals over the weekend. But having said that, the will to win was there with KK. They just wanted to yeah. just that little bit more. Yeah, and I th- I'd agree with that. That you know the better team, but of course we had a ferocious bit of controversy then afterwards. Uh, I was in the RT box, was kind of online with it, but you're a long way back. But. Uh, I said it, it looked weird the way the ball, you know, because Darrell Donovan we associate with brilliant sideline balls. Anyway, he's their expert. But, like, are we making too much of it in terms of I don't mind the awarding of the penalty to Limerick because that's just kind of a subjective thing. That's, that's Alan Kelly's decision. Do you know that he thought he had two arms around him? Some people felt it was a soft penalty. Some people felt a definite penalty. But there was a case, and I suppose when you look at it, when Aaron Gillan threw in the ball he was inside the 20 metre line as he struck it which is against the rules and should the linesman or the referee have picked up that as well so is there too much made because it's the final minute and the penalty was when they were kind of six points down or five or six points down and it's given and it's allowed uh, but they one of the end in is you know, as hurdy people, though, we don't like technical problems. We don't <laughs> like this little... Imagine now if Gillan buried that goal and, and, and they pulled it back. He said, ah, for God's sake, we'd be, go, everybody be raging. And in fairness, uh, Gillan... Yeah, we'll get to the tip missing, missing goals. We'll get to those. We'll get, you know, and from that point of view, you know, you saw the consternation there was, but from everybody's p- uh, point of view, there, are, there is a fourth official there. The linesman should be in line with the ball. I mean, that's what you do. You stand behind to see the line of the ball. As a human watching it on TV, I only watched it on TV, I didn't see it happening. Only on Darren Donovan half appealed. Limerick didn't really appeal. They didn't go mad, jump and dance. And you needed one leader to come in and beat the ground and in front of the umpire. And then Kelly may have been forced to come in and, you know, check with the umpires, check maybe with a Hawkeye or whatever uh, situation could have arisen, you know. Well, just on that, Ken, like I just said, the only Limerick mentor over there was Brian Geary. Okay? 
and he went balubas and Daryl Donovan went balubas and I don't think any of the rest of them sussed it even it happened so discreetly like you know yes, it was the yes. slightest touch like really and you have to have now Killing Buckley was standing too close which is another little thing hats off to Killing though oh yeah, oh, yeah. He's, he's six foot two and he was as, 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 as he was seven foot two because he went up in the sky and he, he diverted the ball and fair play to him that, that was his job yeah 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 I just think you know um this, you know, it, it was brought up, that, and there was a load of people. Maybe they were kicking people. Maybe they were just neutrals, saying, "Ah, will you shut up? The best team won." And you know, I just think I was often on the best team, and we lost, and I was often on the worst team, and we got over the line. So, you know, I just hate kind of losing that way when you're maybe a sixty-five to level. I mean, because everyone like, but you could imagine Davy in that situation. If Davy had been behind or over where right here. He'd go ballistic. Yeah, but he wouldn't be jump. over there if you think about it. If Kylie yeah. and Knirk were over there, it's a. <laughs> do you know what? If it happened on the Hogan stand side, let's say. Yeah, I did. On, on this, yeah. On the, yeah. But just where it happened, it was the Limerick supporters now at that side were gone mad. Like, yeah, there was, a, there was a photograph actually of the Limerick supporters. They all saw it. Yeah. You know, so from that perspective, it's just so disappointing for the officials as well because they didn't pick it up. But from Killian Buckley's point of view, he did a great job. He sure did. But they do train all year, right? And, you know, we'd all been in a situation of played it and, and been involved in teams. And it comes down to, like, with a time up and you've got a sideline puck. And, it, like, it, it, it diverted off the hurley. The, I was watching the linesman went in behind. He went in behind the other, nearly the other, he went across the other side behind the net. There was no need for him to go there because if, if there was any doubt, go to Hawkeye. Yeah. You know, if, if he has a doubt at all. So he, I think he should have stood the other way and just to see if that hadn't happened. Yeah. But, like, it's, you're purely down to the linesman on that side. That, and he just might have missed it in a, in a, in a, in a fraction. Meters, it's 10 metres away. metres away, but he could have, you know, it's, it's human error. And he had gone goal side of Dara Donovan, yeah. which to me was the perfect yeah. place to go. Yeah. Now, someone said if he'd stood behind, but I'm not so sure if yeah. you're taking a, a, a match defining sideline ball, you want a linesman standing right behind you, you know. Um, or maybe you wouldn't take any notice, but I thought he was perfectly positioned, to be honest. I, I couldn't believe he missed it. But just it came down to, like, in, in that situation, it's the last puck of the game. If, if Limerick had got to 65 and had stuck it over, 20 more minutes of, of extra time to decide whether they got to the final or not. You know, it, it was match-defining. Mm. It was match-defining. You know the penalty earlier on, and that's, that's an opinion, whether it was a free or whether it wasn't. But this was huge. Like, this came down to the, the last puck. And, you know, I've been there in 2013, but we decided to puck on the far side as well. And, you know, we, were, we couldn't get over the, the far side to Stephen Wyland because I know he was looking for instruction as to, as to what, what to do. You know, t- time is up and that kind of stuff. Do you go for it or don't you? But Darrow Donovan is a, is a very good sideline puck guy. He's, you know, he probably had to take a chance because time was nearly up. Ah, he had to, I think. Yeah. We were gone up to the end of injury time, really. So, And TJ got a line ball at the other end and you could lip read uh, Brian Cody, don't hit a dead. Because TJ was well capable of maybe trying to score a pint, but Cody didn't want it to hit, go dead because didn't the danger of a quick puck out, out yeah. bang, down to the danger area and an equaliser. So all those permutations, you know, <laughs> unbelievable. Going back to that 13 equaliser, that was, that was, I'd say if that shot was taken, no disrespect to Dara and fairness team, he took it on and it worked, but it was amazing. Don't, don't go back to the way. I won't torture the summer of, but, of 19. But it keeps coming back into our head, like in the context of sideline pucks in the last minute, That's what do you do? You know, yeah. do, you, do you keep it in play? Do you, do you go for it and you know, or, or do, you, do you just puck it down to the corner and let it play out? Well, I think know? with a point down, this was one he had to go for. I well, suppose. if he didn't, if they didn't, if they played it short and it was intercepted or whatever it is, I think he'd have been either way. He'd have got criticism. Like he's a very good man on the sideline puck, and like it looked. If you look behind the goal, the actual flight of the ball looked as if it was going to be on target. Yeah, just watching the Sunday game last night, you could see about two Tipperary fellas had a hold to Keen Lynch. In case he was looking for the short one, <laughs> just, you're not getting the short one, kid. And he was, puts it, it over. He puts it actually, over. Actually, it was. If you look at it, it was. It, he was holding. At, I think it was Killian Buckley was holding out to Keelan, <laughs> yeah. and then he left him go because Keelan was picked up by somebody else, and then yeah. Keelan went over and stood in front and jumped up in the air like in amazing. history. Amazing, yeah, yeah. I have to say, uh, just you know, um, John Kylie's interview afterwards. You have to give it up to the man, like the integrity of him and. Uh, you know, he'd make a big deal about it. Said, of course, it's a bit disappointing and we'll all be thinking about it over the next couple of days, but hold it. He said, you know, the better team won. And, you know, that's, you know, American ah, that's man. great hurling people and never excuses. And Brian mentioned about injuries here on the year, but Brian Cody never mentioned about injuries. He never made a big deal about it. And these men don't make excuses, you know. And, you know, in fairness to Davy as well, he was very pragmatic yesterday after the game. He said hats off the tape with the courage to show it, but also he praised his own lads for the absolute 
uh, performance to give. So I think, you know, those men are not in those positions for nothing. And John Kiley, as a Limerick man, as a native, you know, not easy in your own county. He came in with the intermediates, he served his apprenticeship and he... You know, he worked he, under John Allen as well. Yeah and, yeah, and got the success. Got the success, and they still have had national success this year. Must have final success, and plenty to work on for the future. Yeah, and I think, like, absolutely, he'd be disappointed with the the way it finished. But probably he's thinking more about the start of the match. You know, the first 15, 20 minutes, giving Kilkenny that that one eight two point lead. Probably he'd been talking to him for the previous three weeks about look what's going to come down the track, being ready for it, and then they weren't ready for it. And you know, they were. That's that they were the, the elements that were in their control, you know, mm. going into the match, make sure you're mentally right for this, you know, and I'm sure, you know, naturally he's going to be disappointed with, with, the, with the, the, the sideline cut, but as a manager and as, you know, preparing the players and hoping the players are ready and the responsibility on them, you know, he's probably thinking, Jesus Christ, we talked about this, yeah. you know, and we knew what was coming, you know, and still... I know, I know. I just thought he, he just carried himself. Yeah, and, da- and Davy as well. No, yeah. and you know we we'll, we we'll move on to that. But um, no, just I, the last thing on that. I and, and look at you could mention. I thought Paddy Deegan outstanding in, in terms yeah. of the job he had to do on maybe the mm. real rock breaker there. Uh, you know, uh, in in Gerard Hagerty. You know, he just frustrated the life out of him. Like I, I have to say, like Paddy's uh, my club manager, and uh, you know and. One of the things that Brian looks for in every lad is his attitude, you know, and he has it in spades. And Hugh has it as well, both my, from my club. And I would have heard, you know, through the grapevines that Brian has great time for both of them because of the way they carry themselves. And Paddy had a job in the down in, in Wexford Park to pick up Manmark Chin, you know, and that's, you know, Manmark and a lad, if it doesn't come naturally, to, you know, some lads, it's like you, you have to curtail your own game, you know, and uh, he picked up nasty injury and he came back for the Leinster final he had a boot on the week before it I met him uh, on the Sunday night and he says I'm getting the boot off Monday and he says you'll hardly be I'll be right he goes he went out he marked in you know um, in the Leinster final went out the following day against Cork put in a huge performance you know um, and then went out in on Saturday and another monster performance and, and really kind of is a, is, a, is a leader you know you could see him he was orchestrating and pointing they're all leaders but you know, delighted for him. Delighted for him. You know, um, and 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 equally so for for you. You know, he had a tough day at the offside against Cork. And Hugh, you yeah. even early on yesterday, you'd say Hugh was under a bit of pressure on Gillan, but by God, he in every game he has grown into the game, hasn't he? He's got to grips as it's gone on. That, exactly, attitude. You know, and Brian and Brian rarely takes off a defender. You know, he he if he picks you, he trusts you, and it's up to you to work your way and figure it out. You know. Um, and uh, if he if he's making changes, you know you know things are are, are bad. So he he backed you, you know absolutely himself and Galan were having a great tussle in the first half. Galan, you know, was out in front, and you know uh, the penalty. Yeah, I mean, look, Galan has uh, has done it before. You know, heard the hurl went missing. That's you know we say that, but <laughs> but you know, as I said, when the match was in the melting pot, we needed some a couple of guys to come out with balls. Hugh came out with a couple of very important balls there in the second half, and. Uh, you know, great again, great character. Paddy Deegan is an ex minute man as well, by the way. Yeah, and, um, a lot of priests on that Kilkenny team, is it? <laughs> all, all with the colour, all with the colour on. I'm sorry, I'm sorry to break it to you, though. Oh, I didn't it, see too many priests in my time. With I, don't, I don't think Conor Brown is eligible for Manute. I think he's uh, he's don't, tied now. But don't don't tell me that. Yeah, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> because um, my son Keen will be very disappointed about that because he's <laughs> building his home team around him. But uh, Parik Walsh as well. That's for God's sake. You know the way he covered the grass. Over, back, over, back. And you mentioned about, Brian, about the six backs. Uh, five minutes ago, you were talking about zonal defending. Now you're talking about man marking. So I think uh, tactically you're well up. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> As I said to you, there would have been times, for yeah, example, course, yeah. Jackie was detailed to mark Lara mm-hmm. Corbett, you know. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. as a zone at a half. I was Lara marking time. Jackie, which was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, well, I think, yeah, yeah. But, but you know, and, and, and in Wester Park, it would have mm-hmm. been chin, but. It, I was delighted to see that we had gone back to kind of, you know, holding the half back and holding the shape, not trying to uh, to follow our men, which, you know, we had. And, and, and when Parry got the sniff, he got up the field and oh, got yeah, a massive yeah, yeah, pint, yeah, which yeah. is his want every. He reminds me of Tomas O'Shea in the football. Yeah. Tomas had always come off with a pint. Parry always comes off with a pint or two because he flies up the field, you know, left hand side, smashing pint. And I remember when I was coaching Minute, Parry used to come down to me and say, Ken, he'd be in a t shirt and to be. Millen rain in the winter, and he said, "Ken, Brian Cody says no, not to train tonight because we're National League weekend." I said, "No problem." He said, "I'll do the water," and this is absolute fact. And he'd have the hurling in his hand. No, he says, 
I won't do the warm-up. I'll do the warm-up. So he's, he'd do the warm-up with the lads. And then he's saying, sure, Sam, it's going on so long. And it, it, he actually would have a pair of runners on him and a T-shirt. He wouldn't be togged out for training. Sure, I might as well stay going now, he says. Sure, after doing the warm-up, I'll stay going. Sure, nobody will say anything, you know. And this is their absolute passion. And Tullerone, uh, he'd come back so disappointed, as you know, Brian. Tullerone just have been pipped at the post in the intermediate finals. And Eddie's glowing about that last <laughs> yeah. year. But he'd be so upset about Tullerone and so disappointed. They're absolutely men of fabric, you know, so humble as well. They believe in what they have. It's a passion for them. And it comes out in the game. And Paddy Deegan has worked so hard at his game. But that half-back line, they held their line and they totally dominated proceedings. And from that perspective, trust is a big thing. And you said Cody trusts his backs. That's a huge thing to have in your back pocket when you know that you're not going to get the the curly finger after 20 minutes a couple of last things Jerry. you know what? Um, I have to say like I, I just thought the Shane Dowling goal was as good a piece yeah. of skill as I've seen it was Joe Canning-esque wasn't it it was absolutely brilliant like to be able to, to you know to go in like he he was under pressure he had to do something to, put it, to throw it up like a like a tennis player like, like a serve and bat it into the corner to beat Owen Murphy like from that distance out Absolutely brilliant, brilliant skill. Like that was, you know, there were some brilliant bits of skill in the game, but that 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 was just a standout moment. Like it was, it was. fantastic. And I'd say probably looking back on it, John Kiley probably be saying, you know, I probably maybe should have brought him in a bit earlier. You know, we were we we've been speaking earlier about the bench and and, and trusting and trusting guys. Ryan Cody had a guy off after thirty four minutes. It didn't matter. A minute before half time, he was on, and I just thought he took a while. Like to, if if you trust those guys, with your bench, you know, if you trust them enough. I thought there was a few of them struggling from early on and I just he thought he, he left them there I think that bit too long and if he was to look back in it maybe the likes of Shane Dowling who's an inspirational player gets a couple of scores like that was an the crowd love him the crowd love him yeah. you know he, he, he never fails to deliver you know he always he always gets the scores and I thought I was you know watching the game I said just you know Pat Ryan Shane Dowling you know these guys have torn games in the past for Limerick and they're not being brought on even David Reedy had a fair Bit of you know, I know the goal chance maybe, but he was in, he was on the ball a lot when he came on. He was, you know, I just think in, in those games sometimes you must you know when things aren't going well from the you know, it was from the start. Tom Marcy by his standards, by you know, had five or six wides that he normally would have put over the bar, and it's very hard to change midstream when you're going and you you, you hit four or five wide. I suppose John be there obviously you know you, he's trust those players so much he's maybe always hoping the next ball the next yeah. ball it'll come right it'll come yeah. right and. He probably trusts him. Maybe that will be too much when they, when he guys in the line. And the know. other thing is, it's easy for us, Carlos. Yes, totally you know, right. I mean, when you're down there, we all know when you're down there. It's a different ballgame. Yeah. <laughs> Fifty fellas telling you to do different, and you have to try and make up your own mind. But the other thing is, I I would have felt myself now, and it'd be you know chestnut of mine. But I, I love Kyle Hayes as a centre back from that under twenty one, and I had him with the freshers with with um, UL as well there, and I I, I think it's his actual natural spot, yeah. you know, yeah. facing the ball. But uh, and I would have thought at half time with Declan having to go off with possibly a rib injury. Can you were suggesting yes. so? Um, and it, the doctor was into him two or three times, so there's obviously something up, and he wasn't moving right. But I would have thought Kyle would have been a better matchup on TJ. But what do you say about TJ at this stage? Like, I mean, no, he didn't score from clear, but again, how much influence on the game? Like, he just every time Limerick or you know sniffing coming back to two points, one point. Morph could go down the middle, just hit it down yeah, to me. Like, yeah. that's some comfort, yeah. like, isn't it? It's, he's phenomenal in the context of, of that being able to hit the ball down to him because he, every time he goes out, every team that are playing against Kilkenny, number one target, try to stop TJ Reid. You know, so he's used to getting this attention every match he goes out, but he never, he always delivers. And like, his, his input around the pitch was just, just phenomenal. Getting on the ball, bringing others into the game. As you say, he might, he might not have scored himself, but his, his influence is just absolutely. Because you know, when he when he wins it, even Jared, yeah. there's two or three converging on him, yeah. and there's space for someone else. Yeah. In. And of course, yeah. he has the bulb didn't yeah. to to get it off. I mean, himself and Colin Finley is yeah. telepathy at this yeah. stage. I know they're at it a lot. And, time a, and Adrian Mullen, by the way, the belly trio. I mean, and they stood up and were counted. And yeah. one of Adrian Mullen's points was absolutely phenomenal. Mm. The one that he went backwards and whipped over his shoulder with his left. And even, I think it landed, you always love those pints that nearly land on top of the net. And it, yeah. it was just after a, a Tom Morrissey miss, after a yeah. brilliant Limerick move as well. Yeah. It was nearly like a three-point swing instead of a mm. two-point swing. It was a dagger. Like, But whatever high ball Belly Hale work at, I mean, they're so good. Yeah, Mullen, yeah. Mullen coming out as a young fella, like 19 years of age, catching the ball out of the air as well. They're fantastic in the air. Back and to the Kyle Hayes position. Yeah, you know? back to Kyle Hayes. When they moved him back centre-back uh, for the last kind of 10 or 12 minutes in the, in the just before half-time, and I'd say they probably were thinking, do we do we leave him here? Because the game 
began to turn a small bit in, in their favour. But I suppose maybe the fact that they were taking hand and off, I said they would have considered, do we put Kyle Hayes back centre back and bring in Dowling or something like that? But yeah. you know, again, hindsight is great. You could have looked at it. And yeah, Barry Nash was Barry Nash was when he came on, absolutely. Was. Yeah, but but still, TJ, TJ, you know, I suppose Dan was doing okay, maybe wing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I suppose he had his battle with Donnelly, which was a you know, but. TJ's TJ like and I just think if you just can prevent him from catching it even break it like you don't have to catch it over him now Kyle would be capable of catching ball but if you could just get it to ground yeah look I've I've had to mark him and and, try and deal with those three lads in a club scenario as well Um, but like the lad I I was in at the the match in the league match when um, when Limerick played Kilkenny and they were double teaming for the puck outs and I remember one one stage I think it was Dan Morrissey and uh, possibly Hannon were on top of him, you know, and he caught the ball down. He was holding, and by the time the lads were trying to figure out where it was, he was he was gone. He's just so strong in the air, and he's so many different ways. Like I always say, like everyone has a kind of a, a technique, a way of you know. Some lads like to stand under a ball. Some lads like to come in, you know, as the ball has been. Like Henry always preferred to move into the ball as it was being dropping. Um, TJ can do whatever which way you want. You know, he can stand in there and and physically fight it with you. He can come in from behind. You know, and to catch it over your head, you can do it. You know, he's a, he's a nightmare. But aside from that, you know, like it's his work rate. Like it's how he brings other players into the game. Like he 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 came back, and I think he dispossessed. He hooked uh, Tom Morrissey there in the first half, turned the ball over up the field. I, I can't remember. Did we get a score of it? But we did. You know, it's I, a I, I think yeah, I think you know you could actually say they savage Tom Morrissey on that tackle. Then that was TJ started it, and yeah, then about four yeah. more converged. Well, look, I, and the last thing I I just say it. You know, before we move on to the second semi, um, Colin Finley, like what form as well, like you know, right from the club final, Ken. Do you know, hasn't he been like, you know, like the goal, like I mean, the strength, the purpose, the absolute. I'm going in with this, and I'm going to do the right thing, and he's so strong as well, like because they were hanging off him. And they're identical goals. The one he got against Cork was on the other side of the square, and then on this side he came in. And he actually sidestepped um, Mike. Sean, Sean Finn Sean first. Finn first. He actually slipped by him, a beautiful sidestep. And then the stride he has and the power, like he's just like a young bull flying through the middle. And then to get the flick, because Nicky knew exactly what's going to happen. And it actually hit Nicky's shoulder on another day. Do you know that shoulder bone could hold the ball out? Or put it over a pint yeah, in there. Yeah, put it out. But he goes straight for goal. And of course, this is the big beauty of the matchups now for the All Ireland final because Tip didn't play with an Orthodox full back yesterday. Obviously, left Shane Bar- James Barry off and played Seamus Kennedy. And like we have to find the full back now before it, for three weeks' time for this man because finally, one three, you know, and he was uh, the bane of Tipperary's in the replay in 2014. He went mad as well. He took, o- took on the defence in R- a big way. Ronan Maher spent a nice bit of time in her own full back <laughs> yesterday. I think he, he was impressive. He could, be, <laughs> he could be looking at that if there's a one on one battle. But yeah, look, sir, lads, lads we, we, uh, you know, it was an epic couple of days again I wondered Thursday Friday could it match last year's drama and, and you know having it all but just give it all again and again yesterday what what a, a match just yeah, a, I think the great credit just said was Wexford supporters I think they brought a phenomenal atmosphere to the game I just thought going back to Limerick for a second I just thought the Limerick kind of supporters came up and you know for the other semi-final and confident they were going to win it Wexford came up yesterday and like the like the buzz and the pitch and the atmosphere around the place, like they they bring a phenomenal energy like into the game, and, and you know, I suppose it can be difficult for the players as well. But the expectation that they, that's there from, from the fact that their supporters are so passionate, wanting them to win so much, like you know. But uh, I it, it, I think it just set the tone for the way the whole game was going to be. And from the, from the off, thirty second or twenty seconds in, they got their first score, like they were in the game from the start, and they were they, you know they gave them something to shout about. And I think that. At the end of it all, when they look back on it, like they've had a phenomenal year. They've won Leinster. Um, the only match they've lost in, you know, in championship was yesterday. You know, and it came down to, came down to, you know, a couple of, you know, they were in a great situation. You know, maybe just did, you know, maybe just got white line fever. Just didn't, didn't see it out. But like they've been absolutely phenomenal. And I think most neutrals in the game would have loved to have seen Wexford get into the final because it would have been just a, a huge, huge occasion. Like you know, but, uh, but I think they were all, they were part of the whole occasion yesterday. 
Where those Leinster fiddles, fellas that are riddled us? <laughs> Jackie Turtle that riddled me anyway. <laughs> We're having this ongoing battle all year between hearty cups and everything else. We're just waiting to see who comes out on top now I for bragging rights. Down. We're down the stretch now. <laughs> Ken Hogan, won't let me down. <laughs> but like, let's, I, I'd have to start with, I, I'm going to jump ahead of the game. We'll go back the Sunday game last night, sitting, watching, and the two boys had a fair go on systems and tactics and stuff like that and it, I have to say straight out and I'd say it straight to their faces and they'll hear this as well knowing the two of them I thought it was a bit OTT I just thought I, I'm really loving the way Wexford are playing at the moment I don't think it needs to be justified I think seeing Sean Murphy running the length of the field maybe Bubbles not quite saying <laughs> I'm, I don't want to play a corner back here and run the length of the field but um, you know like just Liam Ryan coming up from full back hitting a monster pint uh, Dee O'Keefe absolutely playing like a centre forward from midfield you know I'm, I'm loving the way they're playing I don't think there's any massive need to, to justify that system um, Kevin Foley does a great job uh, maybe the extra man actually kind of maybe confuse things a little bit for them but, uh, but I didn't think that there was a massive need to justify the way we're all in touch with the game I'd like to think anyway we might be moving on three of us um, but we're involved and, and you know we know the way it evolves or you you played a sweeper in, in the Fitzgibbon this year let's say in Paddy and it was a su- superb success for you you know so I don't think there's any need to, for any of us to be justifying that now if there is a few dragons out there that will say well that sweeper's off for sweeping the floor no more about it but like it's, it's evolved so much from just playing a man in front of your full back line yeah sure. it's like the great story of the puck outs you know uh, when you're pucking out the ball, puck it long, puck it long, <laughs> and then that when, yeah. when they puck it out, <laughs> when they puck it out, uh, and they go short, don't let them puck it short, don't be letting them puck it short. So these guys in the sideline, I mean, I think it's OTT uh, big time. I think Derek is getting very paranoid about it now at this stage because he thinks it's a reflection on Waterford, and I think it, nobody reflects on Waterford. We all enjoyed uh, Waterford's reign there. I think they're top class team. I think Wexford played very flamboyantly yesterday. I think uh, it was great hurling to watch. I think every manager is trying to pick his best group of players in the way they set up in, in the best way. And I think Brian alluded to that earlier on uh, quite eloquently. So from that point of view, if you match up six or you're zonal or you play a sweeper or you decide obviously to play three midfielders or four, four I, I, we had club championship at the weekend and uh, a team played four half forwards and two inside, which confused the full back line no end, you know. So from that perspective, there's so many matchups, there's so many game plans, and Davy was reputed to have ten or twelve game plans. But it all goes out the window when something unexpected happens, like fifteen against fourteen, and that's where the whole anomaly starts. Is why did we not go forward? Why did we not push forward? And you'll have the hurler in the ditch. They'll have all the answers today. Hindsight's a great thing, Anthony. Yeah. I yeah, I watched it last night. I thought it was ridiculous. To be honest, saw you on Twitter, all right? Yeah. Oh, look, I mean. We had two unbelievable games at the weekend. People were just waiting to get stuck into the analysis of the matches and talk about the matches. And we got this, what felt like a rant for about 10 minutes about justifying sweepers. Every county is entitled to set up as they see fit with the players they have. There's no, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head, Ken, I think in terms of they're almost paranoid and trying to justify their own, you know. It was just, uh, anyway, I just thought it was... We're, yeah, I've, we've no issue with what we're I've done it myself. I've no problem. I, I've changed it. I've played three midfielders. I played a sweeper. Yeah. We had a situation, I think, I can't remember, was it Wexford and Watford, and the two teams played sweepers there uh, Was it two, a couple of years ago. Derek was over, and the match was horrendous. There was, you know, there's two sweepers poking the ball to each other, and that's where it broke down. But outside of that, like, I, I, t- I agree totally with you. Like, seeing Liam Ryan come up the field... Yeah, it's totally and, evolved from that point, hasn't and it? And when, when you see Liam Ryan going up the field, and you automatically know that... The, the players he's with right I'm, I'm covering the full back or that that area while he's gone up the field it's like the, the understanding there and the, the ability and the skill for Liam to be able to and the athleticism to be able to get up the field as a full back and strike it off the hurl from 50 yards over the bar phenomenal there's, there's no one criticising that it's just, it just I think the platform was the way the it was game, done last night was yeah and the game has gone so much forward like one time as you will know if if you were playing wing forward or centre forward and your man scored a point, your head would be down and you said, oh, for God's sake, he's a back man and he scored. And I mean, he did that yesterday, probably Mark and Shamey. And Nate Shamey, what a game he had. There was no heads going down anywhere because wing forwards wing, uh, flew back to defend, as you said. Uh, Sean Murphy nearly got through for a goal, probably should have given it to Conor McDonald. Oh, Great yeah. chance. Oh, that was... And, you know, Wexford had the chance to put us away in the first 20 minutes. 
tremendous work down the wings, flying down the flanks, and Tip found it very hard to deal with that. So from everybody's perspective, Kilkenny will pick little things out yesterday, we'll pick little things, but last night, you know, we were all waiting for what what did happen in the game, and yet we ended up and descended into this situation of, and Donald Ogden got infuriated as well, and Cummins is in the middle trying to keep the peace. And from everybody's point of view, the Black and Tens and all were involved. Was the match ever going to? Was the match ever going to be discussed as regards? <laughs> Sorry, cues off. You're listening. There are money on the crack. <laughs> now nah, look at they're two brilliant hurling guys. You know, I mean, we've had Derek here several days with us. The, the, the hurling brain on him is, I do be idle at times. He's so, he's so intense on it, and he's he watches, he goes to matches and everything. You know, I don't think he. Do, there's no need to justify it. Like, and I, I, do, I do honestly think that Wexford had a... I, I, I really enjoy watching Wexford now. As you said, under the old maybe sweeper system, there was a tendency of bang it up the field, the full back line will break it out and the sweeper will be there and he'll bang it up the field and the same thing will happen. But that's not happening anymore. It's, it's an intricate kind of a moving in waves and, and, and I think what was alluded to as well and Brenda Cummins would probably brought it up to us was the, maybe when they had the the extra man that they stopped moving in waves and actually Tip realising down a man that they couldn't puck it up with the extra man that they had to move it and there was a few fantastic Tipperary moves that led to scores obviously Ger Brown's which could have been a goal that was an incredible move like it just yeah. you know Noel was it on to Barry Heffernan broke the tackle and Ger Brown's little pop pass I mean that. I mean, if that was a goal, they'd probably have kicked on from there. So, I just think, look, we'll we'll put that to bed. It just it was just an unusual one last night at, at the beginning of the program. But look, it happened. But look, Ken, uh, I had a good chat with a an ex teammate of yours, great mate of our, our both of us, uh, and like he's in Dublin a long time now, Richie Stakelam, and uh, he said, Jeannie Delot is the first time in a long time I got emotional." after a tip game because you're, he's removed obviously in Dublin and of course he loves meeting the boys in the palace on the Monday after the Ireland if you're in it and all that. But, but you know um, he said my god and I would have said like it was one at, like, we were on about Jackie saying that it was Brian Cody's maybe greatest semi-final victory but I thought it was a Tipperary victory of utter defiance like you know they got a few bad breaks against them during the game some justified Maybe Jake Morris is one at the end, definitely not justified. That was a goal all over. I mean, why that was blown back and not a penalty then. And, uh, but just the character they showed yesterday. And they all said afterwards, there was a question. Of course, we, of course we questioned it after the Limerick game and maybe a little bit after the Leash game. But I mean, the display of defiance yesterday, I thought, was incredible. And I thought, you know, Ron Amar, Barry Heffern and Noel McGrath, like Kellen, 34th goal. Niall O'Mara in the first half when things weren't going so well he was the he was the out ball and the guy that created the goal that you know, yeah. could have been five points at half time really under reflection of play I thought Niall O'Mara had so much to do with that but then just the absolute defiance of the Mars etc just say even I thought Carl Barrett maybe was struggling a bit with Paul Morris but then right down the stretch last five six minutes and in injury time he came in with two or three tackles Brindon on chin two high balls near the end won a free and then when Wexford needed a goal got up out in front of him and batted the ball out to whoever the Tipperary midfielder was in front of him and I just for Stakelum to say that to me what it meant to Tipperary people I think when I even saw your own reaction on Twitter uh, on from Tip FM it meant an awful lot it meant an awful lot because you know it was pretty forlorn there when we were five points down with 14 men and you know people were even looking towards the exits were, were there people heading for the exits trying to get out Crow Park but Tip were so defiant but that epitomises everything about about Liam Sheedy you know um, he's from Portrou and I've said this before and I go on record and saying it his biggest achievement hasn't been winning all Ireland with Tipperary his biggest achievement was winning a North Championship with his own club Portrou Portrou had fought relegation never had won a senior championship before and he came in as a manager and himself and his brother John of course another legend and they masterminded a success against a very good Tumi team yeah. in North final you know seven or eight thousand in, in Nina I think what epitomised that was Portrose never said I attitude he instills that in everybody um, it's a match up it's part three with himself and Brian Cody again there are two war horses they'll go to war again but very smart men behind it all but I think tip yesterday they got so I think 
in, in a way they got so frustrated with everything going wrong against them they said we're not coming out of this we're going to do it it's as simple as that now the key thing in the whole game was everybody was saying before the match tips subs bench is not up to par um, a huge uh, I suppose help to tip was Liam Cattles under 20s winning on Tuesday night sorry about that journal <laughs> but uh, Jake's Morris goal because Jake got a break he was trying hard the whole day he was man marked um, he had the hard look situation last year against Clare of hitting the post but by God he finished with a plum on Tuesday night that was a whole big boost for the county I felt and even you know in, in, the, in, in the cauldron that was yesterday Willie Connors came in I think of all the substitutes he made the most moves he was very smart with the ball he was hopping it off the ground passing to guys linking up with the play as you mentioned mm. and Ger Brown's run was a super uh, super job the tip subs had a huge impact when it came you know to the business end of the, of the match and it took great bravery by the management to bring in the guys take off a few established lads and let the young fellas at it I think he's probably no choice just to deal on doing it because we were we've been saying it all year we were kind of asking we were questioning Sheedy in relation to that he hasn't uh, taken the opportunity especially against Limerick in the in the in their own robin game of giving the young fellas a game but I think yesterday when the man was sent off it was, was tailor made for the young fellas you know he brought on Willie Connors Mark Kyo Gerald Brown you know all athletic Jake Morris all guys who can run and this, there was so much space in, in 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 the last twenty five minutes of the game I think it was tailor made for for young guys to come on with fresh legs and just and and and, and hurl and uh, fair play to him he got it right it's 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 brave to, to have to have to do it and take off some of the senior players but uh, yeah, yesterday you know he he knows a situation where these guys have the experience of coming on in all Ireland semi final having a huge impact in the game and that's only a huge that's a huge benefit now going to the final that he now has you know he's we all knew that there was guys there that we were saying why not he give him a game but when the pressure came on yesterday you know he just they all justified his confidence yeah and like um. You're right to talk about the Wexford support, you know, and they just bring something magic and they outnumber Tip possibly three to one, Ken. But I'll tell you what was there from Tip when they smelt the, 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 the revival and the spirit and the team and like Tip, 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 that chant that haunts most of us. <laughs> <laughs> Until we go into the ground or a crematorium or something. Well, that was ringing out at stages like that and they were at one with their team I felt you know I, I don't know why more people don't travel I suppose but maybe it's success I suppose in Wexford the thirst for success is what you know yeah. I suppose if Clare get to Crow Park they go I'll go, yeah. I'm going but the, the emotion you could see just uh, after the match when Noel McGrath was interviewed like the emotion there you know when your character is questioned and people ask questioning you know your, your character you know why you're playing the game and getting a criticism especially from your own people that's very hard to take like that's, that's the hardest thing of all and I suppose to be able to turn it around yesterday and your character questioned, you know, to win a game, like, you know, I suppose, they were, if you look at it, they were the better, I think they were the better side. They had three goals disallowed, had a man sent off and, to, you know, to come back and win a game that, you know, Kovner to go, the boys went five points up. Like, it was really, really, like, you can, you can imagine being involved in, in, a, in a game and a victory like that must be phenomenal. Like, and, uh, you know, you'd have to say, like, these guys, people question at times and I suppose no more so than the people in Tipperary question them um, at times as well. Uh, but for them to turn around and get a victory like that, you could see it after us was phenomenal. And you said you said it there, um, Ken. And I actually did an old session for Liam with 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 Portro, uh, a couple of weeks out from that. Just if, do you know what I mean? We'd all love to throw an old vice in different. But uh, they asked me to say a few words in the dressing room, so I said a couple of words. But then John Sheedy said, "Lads," and I was caught in the dressing room. I'd like to have gone at that stage because it would only be my business, and I'd not against Tommy Barry, obviously. Um, but Jesus, I tell you, I was nearly ready to play myself after John Sheedy. What <laughs> hurt? It might have been the week before. I think it was the National League final, and I was on my way to Thurles. So Liam says, "Hey, you may come over our way uh, for an hour," and you know. But uh, after listening to John Sheedy and just seeing him coming onto the field, running on last year, he's obviously part of the backroom staff yeah. now, uh, just, and he does this kind of a war dance after coming on yeah. there after B- winning the boxers and whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably sang again in the dressing room. Although Liam probably curtailed that, I suppose. Uh, yeah, but, but um, like the courage that was there, and, and like John Sheedy's enthusiasm is infectious. We all the young fellas love him. All the young fellas love him because he's a character in the dressing room. He's telling jokes. You know, the management might be doing their business, but he's inside with the lads, telling the jokes, lightening the old atmosphere because it's 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 hugely demanding on intercounty players now. As Brian mentioned, you know, the pressure was on the KK lads last year to produce a performance, and when they won the league medal, at least they could stand up and say, well, we're Kilkenny players now. And it's the same with the tip lads. It's hard to make it in there. Inter-County Hurling 
you know, not like our day. You know, we went at it, we enjoyed it, we had a crack afterwards. Now it's the next match, it's the next game. And, you know, it's a great championship, but it's very demanding of the players. And you need, I think Kenny views 26 or 7, Tip of views 23 or 4. You need that big panel to get you through that 75 or 75. I think Sean Clear played 6.5 yesterday or 7. So you're in that sweltering heat, you know, it fairs the tip with the 14 men. To dug deep and Fergie, as Fergie says, you got to dig deep and tip dug deep. Absolutely. I have to ask you, did Brian admit the ball was over the bar or not over the bar? <laughs> he's, he's at odds with it himself. I just mentioned him. He was more concerned about different aspects of the game because like every goalkeeper, you have to be critical of yourself and what can happen in a game. But he's very doubtful that it was over the bar. But he's given that as an honest assessment. The, actual, the umpire actually said to him, Great catch, Brian. So in fairness to the umpire, he had no say in it. So obviously something came from somewhere eventually. And we can't, as you mentioned last night, we can't dispute with science. You know, we have to trust the Hawkeye system. It's just one of those things. He caught it. Uh, we could see his forearm hitting the crossbar. Uh, but after that, we don't know what happened. Does the full ball, like, is it goal line technology? Or is it Shane Dooley and a few of the lads were on Twitter last night saying that it's, it's only the trajectory of the ball that Hawkeye rules on, not goal line technology so that's open for debate as well so yeah, Brendan Cummins reckon they did cover that as well now. Yeah, yeah. sitting near me and he said he thought Brendan yeah, seems to have all answers Brendan <laughs> knows all about everything around the goals <laughs> fair play to him <laughs> no better man no but yeah, I suppose the biggest thing we had about it was the length of time like because Brian cleared the ball picked out his men um, Dan McCormack won it uh, Kevin Foley came out in clothesline you know was it should have been the yellow for Kevin Foley it wasn't given but the free in was given and we picked up Sean Clear given no signal and then the ball has gone into the square so we lose Sean screen or Sean Clear from shot on the screen in real time I was watching the ball and the ball's in the back of the net and why is it disallowed like it was a sublime flick from Bubbles to John McGrath um, unbelievable flick yeah but um, it's just a timing thing but uh, just talking to a few people in the know up there maybe or who are in contact with Crowbert I think maybe there was just a communication issue with the noise and the, everything that Sean couldn't pick up the, the actual um, to, to go back the ball was over the bar yeah it's strange though when the free was given that he didn't go back at that stage and yeah. surely at that stage there should have been something or some uh, issue made of it but to know. think that all that length of time mm. and just to so frustrating for everybody you know from that perspective and Brian you know but tip yeah I just take my hat off to my just thought it was a display of huge courage in the morning Kilkenny's did Wexford you know sending off John McGrath lucky boy I'd say not to be lucky he was on the first yellow maybe which he mightn't have deserved but uh, um, anyway he's okay for the final but like the two O'Connors threw over two great points right after it and then we that leech in run and then backed himself and that brilliant low shot to the corner which all we have two great goalies here in front of us. They'll tell you they hate that one. You know, they, they love the one. Brian made a couple of brilliant saves, but they love, you love those ones, fair to say. Like, you know, but Chindin buries that. And, like, it's five points, and you're saying, well, what happened with Wexford, an extra man after that? Did they, did they go looking for the finish line, which can be a danger now when you're kind of not the, the traditional county, yeah. I'd say. I think they didn't. I think Jerry mentioned it or they were uh, whatever the phrase you used Jer, but they were afraid you know they, they they got I suppose stunned as they saw the finish line approaching a bit they, um, we've seen it so many times where a team goes down to 14 men and all of a sudden they're the ones that come into the ascendancy and take over the match rather than the team was the extra man I think it's it's human nature you know you're attacking every ball and then all of a sudden you know in the back of your mind well I have an extra guy now so I'll protect what I have you know it's playing safe and to a certain extent I think Wexford's, Wexford did that you know they, 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 had, they already had Foley playing as a sweeper they had, they had an extra man then in around that area and rather than just driving forward and doing what they were doing with the runners they almost kind of it, they allowed you know they, they sat back a bit and, and equally at the other side Tip knew that well we can't deliver the ball in long like we could have previously now because we're missing McGrath so we're going to have to work it through the lines and bring it in the fresh legs. so there's a combination of things bringing in the likes of Willie Connors and these guys who were full of running all of a sudden, they were the ones, you know, running at Wexford, you know, and uh, yeah, I think they're the one. We've seen it so many times in sport, and it's one of those, I think it's the six inches between the years where the team goes down to 14 men or 
10 men in whatever sport you're in throw off the shackles throw off the shackles just go for it and you know I think from a, from a Tipperary perspective you know that win just is going to do so much I mean I, I was here with yourself when we were talking about you know Tip looking really strong this year but what would happen when they hit a speed bump and they hit a speed bump in the Munster final how would they react and the reason we were asking I suppose was because last year not coming out of uh, not even coming out of Munster and you know winning the other in 2016 and just looking incredible and then not coming the following year as strong and but Jesus like to, to win a match like that in, you know we've all been in a situation where you know winning tight matches you know it does so much for the spirit and the morale and you could see like Jason Ford he just threw the helmet into the air after the final whistle went Party fo- or party, party uh, Mar was just looking for lads to, to bear hug you know just and that's a bear hug. And that's a bear hug. <laughs> Sheedy himself looked like he was going to explode. You know, no, might have been something to do with a few of the decisions or whatever. I was a bit, wo- I was a bit worried for him for a yeah, second yeah, or two. Yeah. He looked a bit choked yeah, for but, a second. But like, and you could see, he mentioned Snow McGrath and the emotion and speed. Like that, that win, you know, going down to 14 men, responding on three or four separate occasions, you know, where Wexford came, got a goal, got another goal, decision went against, still, Tip had the answer, you know, they, they came back and back. That's going to just, it's going to do so much as opposed to maybe if they had gone out and uh, won by five or six points and the lads had thrown over some great scores from out the field, that win just, you can't, you can't say enough. And on that, like Brendan Cummins maybe highlighted it last night, Joe, that Kevin Foley went actually deeper as giving maybe more cover to the full back line because they would have another body around there as well, but that kind of backfired, he felt. Yeah. And he showed a couple of good examples of where Kevin would yeah. normally be. Yeah. yeah, I remember even seeing him saying live during the match, I just think with the puck outs, I think if, if Cummins had a stat in the end, I think they hit 14 you know, and puck outs at the end, all long and lost 12 of them. You know, when you had an extra man, and possibly, you know, and they were playing with a, with a sweeper, so you had two men in the back line, you know, whether, whether it was the fact that the backs didn't make themselves available for the puck out or, you know, but that's the chance. That's the one time that you know you puck a chart and know you work it up the field because I think at times there there was a couple of long puck outs. Brendan Marr or Jerome Marr caught one puck out oh. over his head and came out Amazing. and all of a sudden like it's just defiance and it was it was game defining for me like that he like the whole momentum switched and changed and Tip started running with the ball, getting a bit of confidence and got on the ball and I just felt that I was saying it during the match, I said this is the one time that you need a bit of it and I think it came down to that little bit of experience in the end for Wexford not probably having been there before, uh, it'll stand to them big time that if they're in that position again, you know, you, you stick to the game plan, stick to the puck out, stick to, because he was pinging them, like when he goes out to the middle of the goal, he just he's able to ping that 50-yard puck out up to the wing backs. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And it was the one time that they needed to keep to keep the ball and, and work the ball up the pitch. I'd say Davey might have been having a few nightmares about a game you were also involved in, of course, in 205 when Clare were leading... Cork and, and then we started maybe going a bit long instead of maybe trying no there was no such thing that time I was working on two lines I suppose but the Cork half back line sort of really and like you're with Ronan Mars catch you actually I remember distinctly feeling that they got they all kind of said you know and I know I know Sky gave Ronan men of the match and, and it was a fair debate in the RT box when we gave it to Noel but I just felt Noel at times just took so many right decisions, you know, uh, and the show and go point that's yeah, that yeah, was yeah. just class, like wasn't but it? Even running around in the first half, you know, he cut the ball went up the field and he had caught it twice. And then the oh. solo run, and I, I was there saying, so Hit it off the ground, hit it off the ground to get give you a chance to take it into the hand again. He stuck it off the, off the hand, left handed. Both, both, both Mars had that skill, oh, like, it's phenomenal. All three of them, phenomenal. Skill. Though Brendan had won mad wide, all right, in, in the first <laughs> half. What are you doing there, Brendan? I was thinking to myself, Gone forward, put it across. But even the flexibility of, of, of Ronan Mark going to play fullback, you know, like that he can, you know, he's a centre back, a wing back, look very comfortable inside fullback. He's he's a class player. Like yeah, I, I love watching Ronan Mark play. I just think he's such like he's such range in terms of his his shooting, his 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 ability in the air. Like that catches like as a back as defenders. Like that's the stuff you dream of. There's kids at home now in the back garden who are like imagine you know, the helmet half hanging off him coming out gra- grabbing the ball over four or five lads. It's just it was immense. Like it was a bit. Like a Sean McMahon was someone I would have looked at, like you know, catching those balls that way. You know, it's just it was brilliant, and he, yeah, he's a phenomenal player. Got a few yourself as well, now. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a, he, no, he, he's a player. I, I've, I've a few times for would have seen a bit of Mary Eye, and yeah. you know, he's yeah, I, I, I would have given him man the match yeah. the other day. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, it was just to be interesting for in the in the final. Like Liam, Liam has so only like he's three half backs there: Brendan Maher, Parrick, and Ronan. All of them can mark TJ. You know, so from a point of view that he now has three options maybe to consider that, that uh, if you were to mark TJ 
We haven't got one guy. You've got three guys there that can mark him. Well, we'll know this morning in three weeks, Joe. Well, 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 we might get an inside track from Ken here as to who he thinks they'll yeah, do it. You know, we'll just you know, and at the end of it, like you know, I've I've known him since uh, we were in school together, uh, but I I've never seen Davy Fitz as emotional as as yesterday even after the match, and this is with an adopted county. Let's say you know, it's even clear. And obviously, obviously, we had a few heartbreaking defeats as players, and when I was manager, and he was my, my goalie in that, but. Um, I wonder will he will he will he stay on Ken with him? You know, I know there was doubts at the start of this year, and eleven of them bait down on the minibus and uh, persuaded him to go again. And they've got their you know they've lifted Bob O'Keefe with silverware. You know, I was listening to Martin's story in the car yesterday on the Marty show, and he was saying, "Look, it's been a great year. Look, no matter what, we we lifted the Leinster Championship for the first time since '04." And, you know, we really hope and Davey will stay on, but it's a, it's, a, it's a long haul to Wexford, like, isn't it? Especially Wexford from Clare, I tell it's you. It's a long it's a haul, long. and you know, I travel a good bit and uh, from the Midlands, and you're over in the, you know the west of the Shannon. And from that point of view, Wexford is like I go to Castle Bear, I you know I go to Sligo. Wexford is a long, long journey, and it takes its toll. And the lads put their hands in their pockets as well for that minibus. By the way, the county board didn't run the minibus. They actually put their hands in their pockets, their own uh, money, and went down and spoke to Davy. I think Davy is still a lot to play for. I think he needs to obviously use his management team wisely. JJ Dial is down there. Do you know Searsh and those fellas obviously yeah. travel with Davy? But I think he needs. I think Dirk can't let him go. I think he shouldn't go. I think he's built a fair destiny there or dynasty there. I think from our perspective, uh, he was very magnanimous in defeat. I think he, he praised Tipperary's courage. Um, and just going back to something that the lads mentioned there, like we mentioned the first 20 minutes, uh, and Roland Maher kept us in the game in the first 20 minutes. We think of Kilkenny's first 20 minutes, unbelievable, one eight to two points up. If we start in the first 20 minutes in that fashion in the All-Ireland, we will be in huge trouble. So I think both managers will be thinking of that situation because it is a Kilkenny mantra to try and put hurling out of your minds. You know, they, they are incessant when they put the pressure on. So I think there's a lot of matchups to be done. There's a lot of soul searching to be done. But from Davy's point of view, I think what he's achieved with Wexford, the man wears his heart on his sleeve. He lives every moment of the day. Two more passionate managers you wouldn't see there yesterday. And great to see him locking arms afterwards and such mutual respect for each other as well and both teams. Yeah, and like, there's no doubt about it, I think. And... Uh, I suppose time is against us, so but the but the intercounty scene would be so much duller without Davy Fitz, wouldn't it? <laughs> From so many aspects, it, uh, he had so much. But uh, as thanks a million, brilliant stuff as as always. Great, great opinions and all that, lads. Uh, people out there, you you'll find us on on SoundCloud and on iTunes. Um, don't forget to subscribe uh, to Irish Examiner Sport and leave a review if you want. Kind ones, always, always welcome. But uh, we look at we take uh, constructive criticism on board, not just calling us four langers. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, folks. With Renault, passion for what drives you. Official car partner of the GAA. A lot can happen in the next three years, like a chatbot, maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.